no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. On today's show, recap the Giants' loss and preview the Vikings game on Sunday. A-Dub, man. I'm back, baby. How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm good, man. Glad to have your ass back, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my man, my man, A-Dub. It's been a minute, bro. And, and audience, man, I missed y'all. I, I wanted to pod, but, you know, sometimes you got to take a week off. You know, I needed to unwind man and just have some of that time to decompress and i'll tell you one thing the bears made it really easy for me uh <laughs> not podcasting last week because i didn't even i didn't even watch the second half of the game on sunday i had to re-watch it later in the week you know what i'm saying because i was out of the country but i'll tell you one thing ain't up that giants game whew, my goodness man that giants game was very disappointing man I, some, some of the stuff i couldn't believe what i was saying prayers um, I, I think the Bears got to be better, man, for sure, at finishing these drives. But selling for all those field goals, it was like, man, that's not going to help you out. Well, that and then just Luke Getze just continuing, man, to just not be aggressive enough. I mean, I've yeah. talked about it on previous shows. I'm like, bro, come on, man. We, we bringing this guy in here. Everyone's hyping him up. And in the preseason, you know, we saw some signs. We saw some things there. We saw things during training camp at Hallis that we liked. But so far, start the season, I'm like, bro, where's the offense, man? Show us something. Yeah, the offense looks so basic, right? And yeah. it's easy to predict, like, what the Bears are actually going to do. And you're right. Luke Getsy got to get a better feel and put in some better schemes, man, because I think that will actually help the Bears. And for sure, Justin Fields. I mean, we saw the kind of pressure was on him in that game. It's like, where are you at, Getsy, of helping Justin Fields? One thing that I did see in that game, A-Dub, is I thought Justin Fields made progress on Sunday. Now, I know a lot of people aren't going to really talk about that point, but week one of the season, hey, he did what he had to do. But what we saw from week to week after week one was Justin kind of getting worse and worse, right? True. But what I felt like when I rewatched that game against the Giants, I'm like, hey, that's a quarterback that looked better. You know what I mean? I mean, he's still not where he needs to be, but it looked better. Him and Mooney connected with a pass. You know, you can finally say the bank might be open. I don't know if it was open a full day. It was like a half day. <laughs> but what I would say, though, just I was pleased with that part. But to go back to talking about Getty, though, he was leaning on the running game, which to me, Ada, I have no problem with that. You know how I feel about the need to run the game. You know how I feel about the need to run the football. Right. McClure Herbert, he was dealing. Come on, man. We got to get some more balance. We talk about that a lot of these shows. I just didn't see enough of that in that game against the Giants, which to me was a very winnable game. If you can see they're stopping the run, you got to think about making a checkmate move, you know what I'm saying, and do something different. And a lot of times, guess he wasn't getting outside of that. And then, right, I'm with you. Run the football when it's working. You got to do your job there. But at the end of the day, that balance piece of that you're alluding to, that's where we got to be better at, man. No one want to throw the football. No one want to let Justin Fields use his wheels. We got to realize that. Yeah, because like I said, man, I just thought the Getsy was hella predictable in that ball game. Yep. And to the point you were making, some of those running plays, I mean, especially the ones when we were third and long. I've talked about that on previous shows. And those type of 
situations, it's like, Ketsy, man, throw the fucking football, man. Because when there were drives where the Bears opened up with passing, good things happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But on those drives where they opened up passing the ball, Justin looked good, you know what I mean? And both of those drives ended up in scores. Not touchdowns, field goals, unfortunately. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned in the opening, you know? Yeah, man. And I think when you go against certain teams, friends, I mean, 12 points ain't enough, bro. <laughs> Just not, man. Not in this today. Not, not in this NFL. <laughs> right. You got to get better than that. So I, I like the fact that Justin Fields definitely, like you mentioned earlier, Chris, shown signs of improvement. It's like, let's not get away from that either, right? If he's doing well, let's roll with him, right? Let's roll with him. And I think sometimes, you know, get to get, get away from that. Oh, I, I mean, I feel like Getsy, you know what I'm saying, this is his first year calling plays, right? So I don't want to be too hard on him, but I just need to see some adjustments. That, that's just the thing for me, right? Because, yes. like, hey, I give him props on what he's done with running the football. The running game was really good. But, hey, man, that shouldn't be our end-all, be-all. we got to pass the football. This is a league where you got to put points on the board. 12 points is just not going to win you many football games. And you, you definitely saw that you couldn't even beat the Giants scoring 12 fucking points. <laughs> That's a sign right there that, hey, the Giants can get 20 on you and you only score 12. That lets you know right there that you got to put more points up for sure. But I'm quite sure, man, the Bears learned a lesson. It's some growing pains going on. You and I have been talking a lot about prayers, and it's happening, but we started to see some slow progress. I even go as far as saying we saw some progress even in special teams, man, on punt return. I mean, having V12 back, it looked very different. Even though he muffed the punt, but he looked very, it looked very different just seeing him out there because he knows what the hell is going on. He's very comfortable out there. I was just going to say, I was like, you better bring up that muff punt. But <laughs> he's better than that muff punt. And it was good to get him out there, man, because we hadn't had him out there on the field in a month. True. And that's how this kid made his living in college. Everybody talked about it. Pre-draft, hey, we got a 25-year-old punt returner coming in. So we know what we can expect from him there. But now what I would like to see with them with Velas Jones is incorporate him into the office a little bit more, getting that speed out there, because we need someone to step up. We definitely need somebody to step up. I mean, Darnell Mooney can't be the only guy. I think V12 can be somebody with that speed, and that can be very useful, Perez. So I think Getsy put them in the right position to be effective is going to be a good key. I think so, too. Now, just real quick, audience, because you know what I'm saying? You got to bear with us because we did not give you guys a recap episode. We got to give our thoughts about this Giants game before we fast forward into the Vikings matchup. One of the things they did when we were talking about our Giants preview, we talked about the Bears defense is going to have to put a premium on stopping Saquon. Yeah. We said, hey, look, Saquon Barkley, hey, he's back. And he showed that in that ball game on Sunday. Because I tell you one thing, man, Saquon was running that ball with just <laughs> – he wasn't playing no games out there, bro, at all. Look, he ran the ball so well, they made things so easy for Jones. But you're right, man, Barkley was something sensational, man. And that guy has been phenomenal this season. And, I mean, we didn't do a great job at slowing him down. I mean, to your point, right? So Saquon almost went for 150 yards, but it opened up those bootleg runs for Daniels. And listen, those touchdowns are both Daniel Jones' bootleg runs. It looks so easy. I mean, wasn't nobody even in sight for us to even slow him down. I mean, he could have just walked in there for a touchdown. Our defense had no clue what was happening on those. Then we got completely fooled. That's the thing that I talked about in the preview pod, A-Dub, as I talked about Brian Dobble, Right. We've seen his office of mastery in the past when he was the offensive coordinator with the Bills. So it don't surprise me that he's dialing up plays that work like that. But i tell you one thing. The Bears defense has to do a much better job on containment because on both of those runs, there was nobody, there was nobody near the fucking quarterback on those plays. 
that was basically the whole first half <laughs> for the Giants. For his, they bootlegged the crap out of the Bears, man. And like, when are you going to stop it? I mean, they stopped it a little bit in the second half, but it's like, hey, you got to stop that sooner. Yeah, but the point is, though, as a defense, you got to know your rules of your defense. You got to know your keys. Nicholas Morrow was one of the guys that was honest about, hey, look, we got to execute that shit better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, at the end of the day, while we can talk about the mistakes of the Bears defense, I'm also just going to give credit to the Giants for just running really good plays. So for our defense, our run defense all season, you know, we've talked about it on this show repeatedly, which I'm sick and tired of talking about it, but our run defense has to be better. Has to be better. Teams have been running the football down our throat all season long. You get tired of seeing it happen over and over again. The Bears got to make a conscious effort and say, look, guys, we got to tackle better. We got to stop the run, period. And my, other, my only thing from this game, too, is I, and I continue to say it. I've said it before. We've had people in our DMs, you know, not really agreeing with me on it, which I'm fine with, man. I, I'm not I'm not on this show to have people agree with everything I'm saying. Right. I can only tell you what I see. Lucas Patrick, he's a liability to me a guard. I keep trying to tell you all that shit. We saw it again in that game on Sunday. And the sooner he can get back to center, it would be better for me. I mean, I, I know, unfortunately, we got the news that Cody Whitehair is going to miss some time. So, you know, we're going to continue to probably see Lucas Patrick at guard. But me, personally, I just don't like seeing him at guard. No, he's struggling with that guard. I mean, he has some good, you know, he hold up every now and then, whatever prayers, but it's been inconsistent. But that ain't good enough. That ain't good it enough. Ain't, exactly. So he got to be better. Right now, the offensive line, which we're going to see what they're going to do with that on Sunday, but right now, that thing is a work in progress. Woo. So right now, we got to continue to probably watch Lucas Patrick play guard. We still don't know if he can snap the football. So this offensive line right now, this situation is just not a winning formula. This is not a formula for winning football. I don't like what I see out there. As I mentioned, Patrick not getting it done at the guard position. Sam Mustafer, I mean, that's a low-hanging fruit. Everybody that watches this, yeah. this football team knows that Sam Mustafer gets thrown around like a rag doll in the center. That, that's not giving us any, that's not giving the audience anything that they don't know about. Right now, though, with this offensive line, until Cody Whitehair is back in any sort of meaningful capacity, these things are going to continue to be problems for this team. And that's why that injury, when he exited that game, I said, oh, fuck, we're fucked. Yeah, it, it, it's tough, man. It really was tough sitting and go down. And you, the thing is, you don't know how long it's going to be at that. So now the Bears got to figure out <laughs> another option of what they're going to do. And um, right now, it just don't look good. No, I mean, unless for some reason he gets healthy enough to be able to snap the football and you move right here to guard or, you know what I mean, the kid they picked up in the offseason, Leatherwood, maybe he's ready to step in and play guard. I don't know. We haven't heard much about him, you know, because he basically was put on um, the IR. And at this point, we just don't know what we have is with this offensive line in that situation. So, honestly, the Lucas Patrick experimented guard, something that I'm not really necessarily all that fond of. However, I do want to give some positives from this football game. I want to give some props to Eddie Jackson because I think this kid is officially back again. This man is out here balling out of control, looking like a pro bowler out there on that field. I mean, bro, I was on this show for the last two years telling Eddie Jackson what time it was. Well, guess what? Eddie Jackson right now is letting us all know what time it is. We all here for it, Eddie. We are all here for it, baby. Yeah, man, I've been talking a lot about Eddie these past couple um, shows, man, and Eddie Jackson has really, as I mentioned, came out this season and doing a great job. I mean, he's been holding it down. Looks like a pro bowler for sure, and right now it's earning his money. And the thing is, you're happy for this guy, Perez, and you and I have talked about some things that he had going on you know, in past history that was distraction to him. But right now, they're no longer a distraction. And this guy's playing phenomenal football. And you like to see this guy, what he's doing. I mean, even with the interceptions he's been getting. So you got to say, hey, Eddie Jackson, keep up the great work, man. 
I'm quite sure you're going to continue that that um, streak you're on right now. So keep it going. Yeah, I mean, I love seeing the interceptions, but more importantly for me, he's just been the most consistent, best defender on the field out there. I mean, the tackles. Okay. I mean, he's been in position. He's keeping everything in front of him. On those bootleg plays that I talked about, A-Dub, he was the only one that diagnosed the plays correctly while everybody else was out of fucking position. <laughs> True. <laughs> so that's the thing. I just, you know, I have to give him credit for that. That's why you have a veteran in that secondary. And I'm hoping that basically some of these other guys in that secondary can step up and see what Eddie's seeing out there, especially when we talk about a guy like Kyler Gordon who continues to struggle week in and week out. Yeah, that's one thing that Williams talked about in this press of press about seeing the play, you know, and, and being in the right position. And I think that's something that he thinks this team could do better at uh, moving forward. But that's what they have to do, pay more close to details on things of that nature. But that's comes around with the vision, Fred. No disrespect to coach, but I think it just comes down to more than just that. I think that they got Colin Gordon playing too many positions out there. I think he needs to stick to one position and just let it go. You know what I mean? Because the bouncing back and forth, this is a rookie. They're giving a rookie a lot to think about out there. And like I said, these struggles for him are becoming more and more of a trend. Opposing quarterbacks are going after this guy. I mean, every time you turn around and you see a completion, it's because Kyler Gordon is covering who the hell this quarterback is, is, is targeting. We already know Jalen Johnson is going to miss another game here week five. Stop bouncing this kid around all over the goddamn place. Play him in one position, let him get comfortable, and let's just stop him with the musical chairs. That's the thing for me. I love what Coach said there. Yeah, that's one part of it. But maybe keep the kid at the nickel position. Maybe that might be the best position for him, you know what I'm saying, going forward, especially when you come up in a run game and make a tackle on somebody. And I also think, too, one of the things they dubbed that we're seeing out there for why Kyler Gordon is moving around as much is mostly out of necessity, especially with Jalen Johnson being out with that quad injury, as I mentioned a second ago, probably out again in week five. But when Jalen Johnson returns, I just want to see Kyler Gordon getting kicked into the inside you know what I mean? And let Jalen Johnson and Kilda Vildor work the outside exclusively. You know what I mean? The versatility for Kyler Gordon, I know that's the thing that everybody talked about during the draft. And I think that he's going to be that guy. But right now, it's just not there yet. And the issues that he's having on defense right now are costing us big time in some of those passing situations. I think a lot of times the coaches come out and make some good comments about what they can do better. He's just got to be having the team ready, prepared to go to war, man. And it's going to be a test, of course, for Kyler Gordon and what he's doing. You had a good point about maybe doing too much, maybe the workload a little bit too much. But, yeah, having them key in and focus on one area, that's going to be good, man, if, if they can try to do that part of it. I don't see it happening, see it's changing. They like what they're doing. Um, Luke, um, uh, they like what they're doing when it comes down to Kyler Gordon. I know we heard Ibn Foos talk a lot about that as well, that he's okay and comfortable with uh, Kyler Gordon taking on those many roles. But at the end of the day, is it too much, right? And can you sustain that through the entire season? I think, well, just to kind of, you know, close the loop here on this Giants game, when I just look at this defense, Coach Williams, I just think your unit is woefully unprepared out there. We all saw what the damn Giants game plan was. We even knew what they were going to do before they went into the game. Everybody seemed to understand what was going on except for Coach Williams. It's clear as day that the Giants were missing all type of weapons there. We all know the limitations of a Daniel Jones. They can't do much in that passing game. Mostly for him is running, bootlegs, Saquon. To have half of the field available to, to Jones, for him to run all over the place, is inexcusable. That's why I said the things that he said in the press conference, while I understand why you brought those things up, that's gibberish to me. I just basically brought up to the audience what some of these problems are. Kyler Gordon needs to stick to one fucking position. When Jalen Johnson is back, stick him in the nickel position. Let's keep that shit moving. It's embarrassing.
This is not Chicago Bears defense. This is not how we do things here in this city. We stop teams from running the ball. It's going to be a tough task. Uh, things doesn't get easier. That defense, things doesn't get easier for the secondary. I mean, it's going to be a big, te big test for Caligord and the rest of those guys in the secondary. We understand that we're going to be missing some key players in the secondary, at least Jalen Jones, the key player. But at the end of the day, man, uh, this is where guys get a chance to learn and grow on the job. I think guys like a Caligord get a chance to, you know, take on a tough task um, against the Vikings. And hopefully he can show some, again, some signs of improvement and show that he's getting better. Yeah, I can appreciate what you were saying there about Kyler Gordon and a but the one thing that I'm seeing here with him is just the fact that he's playing these multiple positions out of necessity. So right now, he has to play these multiple positions. With Jalen Johnson potentially missing another game, which I think he is going to be out here for, on Sunday, they're going to have to keep bouncing this kid back and forth like that. But once Jalen Johnson is healthy, I think they need to keep Kyler Gordon at one position. And for me, I would like to see him stay in it. Nico, I think, is probably his best position right now as a rookie in this league. Hey, somebody that could come in, cover the slot, come up and make a tackle and a run again. Right now, for me, though, when as soon as Jalen Johnson is back healthy, I want to see Jalen and Kimmel Vildor on the outside with Kyler Gordon standing in the middle of that defense. Because right now, that versatility that we all talked about in the preseason, the things that we talked about in the draft with him, hey, I know those things will be here potentially in the future. But right now, we're not seeing them, and his mistakes are costing us big in past situations. Oh, definitely. No mistakes are costing us, Perez, and that's what you call those growing pains. Maybe Coach is probably going to see that, Perez, and take you up on, on your idea. But I know, man, it's been tough overall because I know coming to the season, we all have our talks and concerns when it came down to the second year. But one thing, you know, that's why when Coach was up there in the press conference saying what he said, listen, Coach, hey, right, you know more football than I'll ever fucking know. However, I can only just tell you what I see out there. What I see out there, A-Dub, as I see that this defense is unprepared. Who's that one? That's on Coach Williams. His own coach. Everybody, knows what, everybody knew what the Giants were going to do in this ballgame. That Giants offense is limited. They don't believe have any weapons on that offense. You know that Daniel Jones is limited. All they have is Saquon Barkley and a bunch of other guys out there, and they still beat us. We were not prepared to stop those bootleg runs. How does that shit happen? That's what I'm trying to say. You leave half the field available for this guy on those runs. That's inexcusable, bro. And so my thing is, check on this, when I was watching this football game on the rewatch, A-Dub, I was like, dude, changes should have been made after that second drive. They weren't. No, you're totally right, man. And that's the problem I've been having. You and I talked about this, you know, the past couple games for us where they've been making changes at half when they could possibly make some of these changes earlier or sooner. And this is where Williams come in at, because you had a good point about this team not looking so good in those bootleg plays. It's like they look so lost. That's the difference right there, Perez. I get you make a mistake. That's one thing. But when you look completely lost, that's when you look at coaches and say, what the hell you guys been practicing on? You don't know where to be at on plays like this? Come on now. You got to step the game up. So Williams going to have to do a better job for sure. Against the Vikings, they don't play no games with them at all. But, man, you cannot have that against the Giants and then got the Vikings the next game. Yeah, because like I said, the Vikings are coming in here, and we're going to get into that portion here in a second on this, but the Vikings are coming here with an offense that's playing very well. We already know what Dalvin Cook's going to bring to the table, and Kirk Cousins has a lot of weapons at his disposal in that offense. So my whole thing is, if we're having problems stopping the damn Giants, right. I'm looking at this game against the Vikings, and I'm like, all right now, <laughs> Coach, <laughs> come on now. You know, let's do something about this shit, man, because and, – and okay – so I, don't want, I don't want the fans to think I'm just beating up on Coach Wiz. I'm not. I'm just sick and tired of seeing our defense 
get run on because this is not who the Chicago Bears defense is. Um, the running game has been bad for us. You know what I mean? Now, Williams, I think he's been solid as a defensive coordinator so far, but I just thought his game plan against the Giants was probably one of the worst performances we've seen from the defense all season. So that's why I'm being a little tough on him, especially with the Vikings coming up on the schedule next. Yeah, like we took some steps back defensively against the Giants, friends. Overall, look at the defense overall. And I think that's what you're alluding to. You talk about Williams, like, hey, coach, come on now. Not against the Giants, man. I get it, make mistakes against some other explosive teams. But you talk about making these type of mistakes against them. That's what become problematic. Man, we got to clean up that offense, man. We got to clean up that offense. I mean, my goodness, man. Even though with the offense playing the way it did, it was still a one-possession game, a double to the end of the ball game. And I know everybody wants to talk about that four for two decision by Eberflus. You know, I thought, hey, you know what? He made the decision at that time that he thought was suitable, and he still got the ball back. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, it's a good. I mean, you, you got you play a chess match, right? I think Coach felt very comfortable with the defense holding up, which they actually did. So I can't say Coach got it wrong. Unfortunately, you know, when you're not talking about the muff, you know, on punt. It's unfortunate at the wrong time. That's why people highlight it so much. But overall, that fourth and two looks like Coach had the right idea, and they got the ball back. Yeah, I mean, so I thought, yeah, I thought that play, honestly, like a lot of people felt some kind of way about it just because they were in midfield, and they thought, hey, you know, keep the drive going, you know what I'm saying, for a legitimate chance to score. Yeah. But again, at the end of the time, you know, that's just a judgment call. You know what I mean? It's easy to Monday morning quarterback that type of situation. Like I said, he thought, hey, I'm going to go ahead and let my defense do what it's got to do. We didn't execute at the end of the ballgame. Right. And the thing is, for us, it's always going to be a talk about fourth and two where you're on the field because people want to see this Bears team be more aggressive that you talked about, right? And the fact that we're not always aggressive, it just calls for concern for the fan base. They're like, hey, let's just go ahead because – Right now, we're not getting anything going. We're trying to get something going. So let's be a little bit more aggressive. And I think it's not just for that one particular game. It's like even going forward, right? Do you allow the same thing to occur? So it's all about just seeing this team try to jail, try to get something going, man. People want to see this team put points on the board. Because like you and I talked about, 12 just ain't good enough, man. They got to be a little bit more aggressive. You got to go for it. I don't know. So, like, this is my thing, man. At first, I hated the play call, right? But then I said, you know what? He's trusting his defense here. And what the defense do? They got the three and out. Yep. That's what you want. But unfortunately, Vellis muffed the putt, and that sealed the ball game. But I can also understand, on the other sense, what fans were saying, because some fans were saying, well, hey, we have momentum going. You stop momentum, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we yep. didn't have a lot of that going on offense. So I can see that portion of the conversation. The one, only thing that I'm going to say about Matt Eberfuss so far in this season is he showed me to be a very conservative coach. And I don't know what that's about, whether it's just he doesn't trust the offense or – that's just how he operates. But right now, playing not to lose, all that shit's going to get you is a loss. And that's what we got on Sunday. Got to play the win, man. Got to be aggressive, Chris. Let's give out some game balls from the Giants game where we can get into our Vikings preview here real quick. So, A-Dub offensively, who getting your game ball? Money Moon getting my game ball, man. <laughs> um, and, and the reason why I'm giving Money Moon the game ball, Perez, is not because he had 90-plus yards. It's just the fact that seeing him and Justin Fields you know, are on the same page. They're making some good plays. They're actually getting a connection going on. It's progress just made, you know, and I like what I saw from him. He was ready. He was prepared for his. He out there made some good catches. And, um, hey, he, he, got, he put us there in some good position to um, sustain some drives. And I, I thought that gave the Bears some motivation. I would have liked to see him more as a team as a whole, but he went out there and did his job. 
Hey, man, I can't even uh, disagree with that one. I mean, like I said, man, I don't think the bank is uh, is all the way open yet. But, hey, we saw some signs. I mean, this was his most productive game of the season, bro. And he was the only receiver that caught a pass from Justin Fields in this game. That says a lot right there. That says a lot. Enough said. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm giving my game ball out to Michael Batchley. So in this ball game, as you guys all know, Kyra Santos missed. He was dealing with some personal you know, concerns and things of that nature. So Michael Badgley, they signed him. Hey, he came up and made things happen out there, man. Banged out, what, four field goals in the ball game, man, including yep. a 40-yarder? Listen, that's what we needed in this game. We got dependability. That's what we come to expect from Cairo Santos when he's out there on the field. We got that from Michael Badgley. So my game ball for week five, or my game ball for week four, goes over to Michael Badgley, man. Good job. Thank you so much for your for your service here, he's gone now. He went on to sign another <laughs> team. Hey, hey, we have to get another gig, man, because he went out there performing, friends, and this guy came in on short notice, man, did what he had to do, friends. So good for him, man. Appreciate what he did for us, like you say. But, hey, glad that he also lived in land somewhere. That's right. What about your uh, defensive game ball, bro? Defensive game ball, got to go. We've been talking about him already. I got to roll with Eddie Jackson still, friends. Um, he's just too consistent, man. I like the word you use around that, man. And, um, I, I just like this guy, Eddie Jackson, this season, Perez. I can't say enough about him. So he's been a guy so far, like you said, the best defensive defensive player on the defense, and he's been holding it down, man. And um, I, I just like what I see from him, man, all across the board. Hey, I'm right there with you, man. Game ball for me goes Eddie Jackson on defense. Like I said, man, he was the bright spot on a very poor defensive unit that I thought against the Giants. And not even just the takeaways. But I will say this, there was a stat that I saw you know, I'm not heavy on stats, but it was very interesting. Did you know that the Bears were 12-0 when Andy Jackson had an interception prior to that game against the Giants? Wow. So that's one of those things, man. And, and <laughs> that pick that Andy Jackson got, that was off Tyrod. So, like I said, man, I thought Andy Jackson stood up for the challenge. He was ready to go. I got nothing but I got nothing but good things to say about what we see from Andy Jackson. But that defense has, as a whole, ain't done. Has to rise to the occasion. Has to. Got to meet Eddie Jones, Eddie Jackson, where he's at. <laughs> the True story. Deepest. True story. Who's your bear down player for week four? My other performer for week four. I'm going with Robert Quinn. Okay. I'm calling out Quinn because Perez, this is the game I thought he would show some signs, man, to show me something. And he did not. So Robert Quinn, man, you got to be better, man, than this. You the guy that people have been talking about all last season. Perez and I gave you your praise. We gave you your flowers. Now, you're not doing so much of that. You got to get back. You got to apply pressure. You got to get sacks, man. You got to do your job effectively, Robert Quinn, because we need you. We need you, you know? And so far, I haven't seen enough from you. I mean, hey, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I um, I thought that Robert Quinn was going to have a breakout performance in that matchup, but, you know, it didn't happen the way that we both predicted it might have in our preview show. Right. Robert Quinn, where you at, baby? Where you at? <laughs> My underperformer, I'm giving it to an entire unit. Now, I've talked about a lot of people on this show that I think need to step up. Kyler Gordon, Vellis Jones, you can't be muffin punts. I mean, come on, baby. It's the NFL. When we talk about underperformers, here for week four, I'm giving it out to an entire unit, a dub. Now, I've said a lot on this show. I've, I've talked about Kyler Gordon. i talked about Vellis Jones. Right. Vellis can't be fumbling that football, baby. It's in the field now. You know what I'm right. saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm with you. <laughs> you can't. But I agree with the point that you made earlier about 
that Velas Jones was really good in that return game. That's a dynamic that he's going to bring to this team, which is going to be great. But I'm giving my underperformers for week four to the entire offensive line. They struggled throughout that whole entire game, Maybe They had no answer for the pressure that the Giants was bringing on Justin. Justin got sacked six times in that ball game, five times in the first half. And also, I thought in the run game when we've been strong all season, they were just so-so. They were average. That's true. But that pass protection, bro, piss poor, bro. Piss poor. I'm going to tell you one thing, man. Ryan Poles, I haven't had a lot to criticize him on, but next offseason, we got to make a lot of upgrades to that offensive line because that shit right there is not good, bro. It is not good. Man, you called out the entire offensive line. <laughs> the entire offensive line. All of them. All of them. Hey, and you're right, Press. You are right, man. They did not do a good job against the Giants, man. And, and the, the thing for me, I did thought the run game would get going very effective, but that didn't happen either. So you're right. We've always had a little bit of some struggles early on the season already with the, in the passing game. But, man, to even now take steps back in the run game, even though we have Montgomery, it's like, come on, guys. Come on now, guys. Got to step up, man. You can't just hurt us in both areas. So, yeah, man, that offensive line definitely got to be – that needs to be some upgrades for sure come this offseason. I mean, I already talked about it earlier in the show, but we know that Cody Whitehair was placed on short-term injured reserve with that right knee injury. Right, so now right. he's going to miss the next four games. Right now, Nikhil Harry was activated, but he's not going to play on Sunday. So now, right now, our offensive line right now is going to be looking like Braxton Jones at left tackle, Lucas Patrick at left guard, Sam Mustafa at center, Tevin Jenkins at right guard, Larry Borman at right tackle. So to the point I was making earlier in the show with you, A Dub, is we're going to have to continue to play Sam Mustafa and Lucas Patrick in positions that aren't kind of probably both the, the best results for us, but we got no choice. With Cody White here going down, it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, man. And the fact that we we'll don't have a choice, <laughs> that's what calls for a bigger concern right there. It's like, man, what do you do? How do these guys fare up going forward? So I just hope, man, these guys can show progress for us. But yeah, we look a little light here, man. But I am excited, though, to see that Nikhil Harry potentially is returning from IR. Now, he's not going to play in the game on Sunday, but they have activated that window for him to return. And what I will say to you right now, man, this receiving core has underwhelmed. We need some help. <laughs> we need some help. Back, right? <laughs> right. And so my big thing here is we know Byron Pringle's on IR. Vela Jones has not made his debut on offense yet. So right now you got a wide receiver group consisting of Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, and Dante Pettis. Brother, we need some help. And right away, I'm hoping that week six, we can get Nikhil Harry back in here. I'm hoping we can get Nikhil Harry in here, A-Dub, because what did you and I talk about during the offseason when we made that trade to get him? You get a big body receiver to come in here and potentially add a, a dynamic to this offense that's sorely lacking right now. Absolutely. You were spot on with that, Perez, because right now, if you're looking at Nikhil Harry, he's like, look, I got a golden opportunity here. But I can be the guy, the difference maker on this team for sure, because you had a good point. The, 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 the wide receiver core has not been great. So if you're Nikhil Harry, you look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I could be that guy. This can be good for me going forward after this season if I come in and do well. So, hey, man, I'm looking at him saying, hey, take full advantage of this opportunity because now the door is open for you, bro. No, it really is. Now, while him and Justin probably aren't going to have a lot of opportunities to get that connection going, um, well, I would just say this, Aiden. Harry didn't have a lot of time to work with Justin this summer. 
because their connection was just starting to develop there. But I'll tell you one thing. Justin said it. I just said it. You said it. We know that this kid could be a night. He could be a matchup nightmare. We know that Nikhil Harry could be a matchup nightmare with his size, brother. Think about the smaller DBs in this NFL. Hey, right. All Justin got to do is throw that thing up there. You know what I'm saying? Nikhil Harry brings that type of dynamic that we don't have on the squad right now. Exactly. He can let you go get it. <laughs> He's the only one he could probably let that do. It could be in that situation. So that's what makes it even more intriguing for a guy, Nikhil Harry, that, hey, look, I'm quite sure Justin Fields will notice some of the things with your height and your, you know, your capabilities, what you'll be able to do that some of these other guys on this receiver core cannot do. No, that's a good point. Now, let me just ask you, man, looking at this matchup with the Vikings now, bro. So right now, three and one, this team's coming in pretty hot, looking pretty damn good. I mean, that win that they had on Sunday against the Vikings there in London, I thought pretty good game. I mean, the way that they played there, they, they looked strong. They lead, they're tied for the lead in the division, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're getting contributions, not just from just that offense that I talked about, but defensively as well. So when I'm looking at this game against the Bears on Sunday, Zadil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, these are guys right here that I'm really looking at and really saying, hey, Luke Getzey, we got to focus on stopping these two guys right here because those guys right there have been making plays all season. They do. It's been it's just been pretty apparent on film. You can watch the games and see the highlights. They're all over the field. Yeah, that's a Darius Smith dude. It's something special, bro. And I tell you, man, Jones or Borum, you guys, one of you two will have your hands full with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's troubling, bro. But I, I hope I hope the I hope the young cat ready for it, man. Because we've been talking about our young guys. They've been going to get some tough guys, friends. We talked about early in the season. I just hope they continue to show some progress, man, because the task doesn't get any easier. No, I don't. And like I said, man, these are two big-time pass rushers, man, that the Vikings have. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. <laughs> it's going to be tough, bro. Now, one thing that I would just say, though, man, looking at this matchup, eh, the Daniel Hunter, Zadarius Smith. Now, these are two guys that are two big, powerful pass rushers for the Vikings. Now, they haven't had a lot of success this season, but if you look at the body of work that these key two guys have done in their career, these two guys, hey, man, they can bring it. And this is a matchup here that I'm really concerned about, man, because when you talk about the struggles of our offensive line against the Giants, the struggles that this offensive line has had this season, the fact that Cody Whitehair is going to miss four weeks, and now we're facing these two prolific pass rushers, bro, I think we may be in trouble week five. But this is going to be a big chance, like you mentioned a second ago, with Larry Borm and Braxton Jones to show what they're made of, because this matchup here is going to really be a big test for both of those players. And, and you talk a lot about Hunter Perez and seeing him on film. You're right, man. This guy is the real deal. He hasn't had so far had the season, the impact that he want to have. But damn, he got to go an opportunity to do so now <laughs> in this game. So yep. you, you, you got to contain him, man, for sure, Perez, because it is scary, man. Those two, like you mentioned, Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith, that duo, man, it's a scary duo. And again, you and I have been talking about our offensive line overall. You already said it already about how you felt about the last game against the Giants. Man, it doesn't get any easier, as I mentioned before, man. So it's going to be tough. I hope those guys can be ready, prepared. But, man, that's a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, in addition to that, to segue back over to the offense real quick, Justin Jefferson. This is another matchup that I'm looking at and circling for our team because now we're without Jalen Johnson. Right. So now 
it's, this is a guy right here, in addition to Thielen, but I want to focus strictly on Justin Jefferson right now. With Jalen Johnson out of the lineup, Justin Jefferson right now is licking his chops at this bare secondary. I mean, <laughs> what he just did last week, 10 receptions, 100, almost 150 yards, he scored. And that Vikings coaching staff, they keyed on him early and often, and I expect them to do the same thing on Sunday against the Bears, bro. And who's getting the task of guarding him, man? Who's uh, covering him? Is it going to be Jalen Jones, Bill Dorr? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough for those guys, man, taking on that Jefferson kid, man. That, that dude, we already gave him his props already. I ain't going to give him any more. We just know how good that guy really is. Yeah, I know if, if Jalen would have been playing, we know he would have had him. Honestly, man, it's probably going to end up being Jalen Jones, you know what I mean? And maybe a little bit of uh, Kyler Gordon in the slot when they line him up there, you know, so – I don't know, man. And, you know, I, I get on this show and I, I take some shots at Kirk Cousins. But I tell you one thing, man, Kirk Cousins is in a good situation, man, with receivers like that. He's got not only just Justin Jefferson, but Thielen. He's got Osborne. He's got, nope. the, he's got the tight end, Earl Smith Jr. in there. And, of course, Dalvin Cook, man, running that football. And he in a good-ass spot, bro, man, in that offense. Man, Kirk Cousins ain't got no problems when it comes down to his weapons, bro. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You get all the keys of, of those guys on the team, man, who, who make some things happen, can make some plays. So, yeah, if you Kirk Cousins, you're feeling pretty comfortable coming to this Bears, playing against the Bears um, in week five. But I'll tell you one thing, man, with Dalvin Cook, it hasn't been the best start to the season for him. He hasn't even gone over 100 yards yet. But, again, a third matchup that I'm looking at here is our Bears defense versus Dalvin Cook. Because right now, we've been pretty much the cure-all for running backs in the league so far this season. So now right. I'm hoping that, man, Dalvin Cook don't come to this game and start lighting our asses up, too. So you had a good point right that you bring up the, the run game, man, uh, for them. Coach Williams talked about that, you know, in his press. He talked about, hey, again, the the, 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 the wide receivers that they have, he talked about those guys, you know, uh, which represent how much, how big of an issue he will be. But he also talked about Cook as well, you know. So he does have tremendous respect for those guys. But you had a good point on where now these two can have a breakout. I mean, they can get their run game going because we haven't been good at stopping the run. So this is where you really become more concerned now when you're the Bears. How do you stop both sides of it? Wide receivers and stop the running back. Because I'm quite sure they're going to give Cook a chance to do damage. Well, I mean, if you look at Dalvin Cook historically against the Bears, he hasn't run the ball well. I mean, especially with Hakeem Hicks and Andy Goldman over here. However, hey, those guys ain't coming out of that locker room on Sunday. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be really imperative, man, for us to stop him. But listen, my thing is, if I'm the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff, I'm feeding down and cook the ball over and over again because that's going to set the tone for this ball game. So that's going to be one of my major keys for this ball. That's going to be one of my major keys in this football game, A-Dub, is stopping the run. Forcing Kirk Cousins to beat us. Don't let Dalvin Cook do it. Now, I know some people say, well, hey, man, he's got all those weapons you talked about. Hey, Kirk Cousins also throws the ball away a lot. Andy Jackson has a lot of picks against Kirk Cousins. So force him to make a play. Force him to make a mistake. Force him to have to beat us. So that's one of my first keys in this ballgame, A.B., to take the game out of Dalvin Cook's hands. <laughs> hey, friends, I always chuckle when you come in talking about stopping these running backs. <laughs> but you know what? I love that key, man, because that is going to be one of the major factors in this game, man, slowing down Cook, because they do a lot of play action as well. 
And if Cook cooking us, man, it makes the play action work a lot better for those for that team. So you got to stop Cook slowing down, man. Not let this guy explode. And also it gives you a chance on the offensive side as well. If he's slowing down Cook, now all of a sudden you may get a three and out or so. Because I do know at times this team, the Vikings, they struggle on third down. So good, good, good one right there, bro. My thought process, man, when I think about a key press, I think about the key for me is slowing down Jefferson because he's going to be the target, man. I think it's going to be Eddie Jackson, Briscoe. You guys going to probably have to double cover this guy at times, man, and scout him and making sure you know where he's at at all times. And listen, Wood, because I'll tell you, man, when you see Jefferson, he break left for us, when he cut left, man, that ball is coming his way. And he got a crispy route running when he going left, man. So I'll tell you, man, the secondary is going to have to be ready for that when they see that guy go that way, man, because he's always somehow getting open going that route. I, I just feel like that key right there is a no-brainer, man, because especially with Jalen Johnson not there, that's just going to be ugly, man. I mean, because Jalen Johnson locks down on one side of that damn defense every week he's out there. So now with him not out there and, and the threat of Justin Jefferson, the threat of fucking Thielen, the tight ends going down the seams of his defense, I mean, Justin Jefferson's a big play guy. So, yes, that is an important key, but however – I'd rather take my chance with Kirk Cousins throwing that football than down the field <laughs> running fucking five, ten yards a kick. You know what hell I'm saying? Hell yeah, hell yeah. I wish you. <laughs> but I no, wish. I mean, you, you, but you totally spot on with that one just because, like I said, with Jalen Johnson not being there, uh, it's, it's just you, you don't want to see that. You really don't. And I got to go back to this offensive line here for a second. Okay. And I brought up those pass rushes, but we also didn't talk about Dalvin Thomason, the defensive tackle. Nope. And one of the things that we saw in that Giants. One of the things we saw in that Giants game is that pressure coming directly into Justin just we're seeing we're seeing that pressure come directly into Justin Fields' face, right? Now, right. You got this game here now where you got Lucas Patrick and Sam Mustafer with the job of trying to stop or contain Dalvin Thompson. They have not been able to stop anybody at pass for all year. And so now we got the interior offensive line going up against. Somebody here, I mean, we, we had our, the interior of our offensive line going up against Dalvin Thomason, someone that I think might give Justin Fields some problems there or something. Man, look, it's going to be some problems for sure, Perez. And the key is how we get around that, right? Do, are we putting Justin Fields in a situation to where he can avoid some of that damage? Mm -hmm. and, and I think Luke Getty can't figure that out, Perez. Could be another can sad it? show. <laughs> Right, Kenny. That's that's the thing, Kenny. I, I don't know, man. That's gonna be the task right there, bro. Because I'm kind of scared in a way, man. And I, the thing you you talk a lot about press in general was about Justin Fields' career long term press, and to see him take six sacks against the Giants, you kind of worry a little bit about him going to this game. Is he gonna take six more? And I don't want to see that happen to the kids. So this is where Luke Getz, you really got to be better at disguising things and keeping Fields out of a lot of trouble. Well, one of the ways you can stop that, which is going to be another key for me, why I wanted to bring up the, the points that I had about this defensive front from the Vikings, yeah. is because if the Bears can stay out of third and long, which we've been in all season, yep. that's how you can neutralize that pass rush. Because Justin's getting hit on these plays because it's obvious passing down and these teams are teeing off on him. They're going after that offensive line. So when you're constantly third and seven, third and eight, what, what you think is going to happen? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, first. our office is barely getting past midfield half the time. We've only been in the red zone like 12% of the season, bro. I saw that stat somewhere. I'm like, damn, that's pathetic. It really is. 
And that's A-Dub with having one of the best running attacks in the damn NFL. But, yeah. we're not, but we're not running enough plays, bro. So my whole thing is here. You neutralize that pass rush and keep Justin Field clean by converting on third down, staying out of the third and lows, getting some plays here on first and second down, making these things more manageable for him. Like you said, you don't want to see your quarterback getting sacked six or seven times, getting hit, seeing him getting harassed, having pressure come directly in his face. We right. got to clean these things up. You got to clean up big time, Perez. And I like that key, man. You got to do better. The Bears got to be better in that situation for sure. And one of the things I thought, in a way, kind of go hand in hand with your key, Perez, is that what's wrong with us taking advantage of the screenplay? I mean, you know how it is, right? When that pressure coming in, set up the screen, man, let the guys go and go to work, you know? And I've seen it work a lot sometimes here with the Bears when they do do it. I think they don't do it enough. I think it's a game where they may have to because, hey, I'm quite sure this Vikings team is going to bring the pressure. Oh, they're definitely going to bring the pressure. But my last key before we get to our score predictions and, and some final thoughts about this matchup against the Vikings, A-Dub, is lastly, and I've said this before, and I'm going to continue to keep saying this until it happens. I want Justin Fields to be decisive. I talked yeah. about it two weeks ago. I said he's got to trust his eyes. He's got to just go back to playing just free. And he has to go back to just playing free out there, right? Not overly thinking. We saw this in the past when Mr. Trubisky was the quarterback. And it was that analysis by paralysis shit. That is not what you want your quarterback doing out there. But by contrast, we need Luke Getsy to be more aggressive. Now, with Justin Fields being the most, I think he's one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, one of the most. Yeah. We, can, we can blame that on the offensive line. But I also feel like there's times where Justin holds on to the football, right? That's, right. You know, that's that's not <laughs> that's not something that's like a newsflash for anybody out there. So I know. we gotta like stop being conservative with the play calls. Justin has to trust his eyes. If you see it, throw it. Get rid of the fucking football. You know what I mean? That's my biggest thing. Because if he can do those things against this Vikings team, it neutralizes that pass rush. You know what I mean? Now, right. some people may then say, well, Prez, the receivers aren't getting separation. Okay, well, then that's when we get the scramble drill going. That's when you utilize those legs, not just to go out and run up and down the field for 20 yards, but maybe then now you get that scramble drill. Now the defense breaks down a bit. Now when those receivers can work themselves over. So my right. whole thing is, hey, if you're going to make that decision to get out of that pocket, do it. You know what I'm saying? If the receiver is over, throw that shit. You know what I'm saying? We got to make sure that we're getting that ball out, keeping the pocket clean on the offensive line. But also, as I mentioned before, Luke Getsy, get this quarterback in rhythm. You know what I mean? So my key here, I would love to see Justin more decisive. I would like to see Luke Getsy more uh, aggressive. Mm -hmm. But I also like to see Justin, man, just commit and just go ahead and just do what he got to do. Just commit and go do it. Absolutely, Perez. And I like your thought process. You talk about those quick hits. Because I don't see this Bears team do enough of that. Um, you're right. They could definitely neutralize a lot of that pressure that he gets on them, man. But, yeah, get some quick hits to Money Moon. Commit whoever, man, getting the ball out for sure. I mean, I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of the red rifle, but I tell you one thing, he was getting that ball out quick, though. But I would love to see Justin Fields get it out of the way, man. And, and it just shows you going making some quick reads, making some good decisions. But I think that would be good for Justin Fields, man. Like I said, to get him going, Perez. And then, of course, something may open up down the field, man. So when you're doing that, it's going to cause that, that Vikings team to shift. And when they shift, you may be to execute down the field. I mean, we saw that on a broken play week one with Dante Pettis, right? So yep. my thing is, we've seen it, proof that that does work and it does happen. So, absolutely. I mean, 
we'll, we'll see what happens there. So injury-wise, we already told you, audience, that Jalen Johnson is going to be out for this matchup. We also know that Dave Krushek is going to also be out. David Montgomery, A-Dub, is questionable. We haven't talked about him a lot. Mm. So right now in this matchup, potentially David, eh, David Montgomery may miss a second game. However, I feel confident we'll have a Khalil Herbert back there. I think we'll be okay. But I want to see David Montgomery back. Whether If he does miss week five, I would love to see him back there for a week six matchup. Man, I mean, this is guy right here. He's very vital to this offense. You know what I mean? A-Dub. So I, I just can't wait to get him back out there. Same here, Press. I do miss Montgomery. I mean, I just love the guy. I mean, he's one of those workhorses, and we need him, man. That's all I got to say. We need him. Khalil Herbert, that's cool. I love the guy as well. But, man, I love having both of them. Well, especially because we know that the passing attack hasn't worked out so well. So having both of those backs out there, giving teams two people that they now have to worry about, because you know David Montgomery's running style is going to wear down a defense. Then you got Khalil Herbert coming in right. off the bench. I mean, you talk about that for a defense. They're like, damn, we don't get a break. And that's what we can need back. We need that dual threat back. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And we know also the Vikings haven't been that great at stopping the run. They've been okay, but they ain't been great at it. So I think no. the Bears have a chance with it. But if David Montgomery able to come back for his and play – Hopefully he's at full strength, of course, but, man, that'll be good for us. True that. Justin Jones, Matt Adams, Ryan Griffin, Jalen Jones, and Sterling Weatherford all removed from the injury list. So it looks like those guys are going to be good to go. We get Matt Adams back after he's missed a couple of games. So we'll see right here, man. We'll see if we get our defense starting to kind of click a little bit more now that you got one of the starters coming back. Yeah, I hope so, man. We're going to need it, too. So this is a team that love to be explosive. <laughs> you got to come back. You got to come in ready to play, man. So I just hope you come to bring something to the table, bro. Mm-hmm. Now, Ada, one last thought that I have for you before we get into our score predictions. There was a lot of talk about the Bears' struggles in the red zone. And a lot of people are saying, well, man, you know, selling on those field goals instead of punching it in right there. And I thought, okay, that's kind of low-hanging fruit to talk about something that we saw happen in one game. The thing is, to me, is we're not getting into the red zone enough to even have that type of conversation, me personally. Right. It's like it's brand new when we get down there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we, we don't live there. You're right, Perez. And I think you make a good point about that part. When we get in the red zone, we got to be better anyway, you know? And the fact that we have not been there enough does ring alarms to me. You know, it's like, whoa, what are you doing, Getsy? Let's get in there for those kind of positions. So, when we do get there, I would love to see the Bears do their job, of course, and get the touchdown. But, man, it seems like that's a learning progress as well when you're thin over there on the outside. So that's been tough. But either way it go, they got to figure it out, man. They got to get the seven points. Can't keep selling for threes. But to the point you made about the Vikings, yeah, that run defense is so-so. But the Vikings' red zone defense is awful. If we can get into the red zone, that increases our opportunities to have some success against the Vikings on True. Sunday. Now, I think some of the breakdowns that we've seen with the Bears when they have actually reached the red zone is you'll have, like, stupid things like, you know, someone may have a false start, right? Yeah. You know, then that false start might lead to somebody fumbling. So it's always, like, something that just kind of one thing leads to another, and all of a sudden now we're selling for a field goal. So I'm hoping that they can clean up some of those things going forward, man. Me too, man, because I was a little concerned about Getsy. I even go like, look at our first drive against the Giants press when we were down the red zone. We rushed up the middle twice and got nothing. One yard, two yards, and then we had an incomplete pass by, uh, you know, by your boy Justin Fields. I'm like, why we run up the middle twice? Could we get out to the outside? Could we bootleg just to the outside or something? I don't know. We got to mix some things up. That's all I'm saying, Perez. This is why I think Luke Getsy got to really be that magician when it comes down to stuff like that, Perez. Uh, facts there. Facts there. Now, hey, Doug. 
Time for your favorite part of these type of shows. <laughs> I would like to hear your score prediction, my, my good friend. Bears versus uh, Bears versus Vikings. I got Vikings winning this game, twenty-eight to twenty. Twenty-eight to twenty. A Dub has spoken, ladies and gentlemen. I have the Vikings also winning twenty-seven to sixteen. When I look at these two teams, honest, I just got to keep it a hundred with y'all. These are two teams that are going in two different directions. You got the Vikings that are ascending, and you got the Bears. You know, we're kind of like in this plateau type of situation right now, right? The Vikings look like they might be a team that might be ready for contention. Whether we want to admit it as Bears fans or not, we're in a rebuilding mode, right? We just have to right. understand that, hey, we're in a different place right now. However, the future might be bright. I mean, we got all this cap space coming in the future. We potentially have a franchise quarterback. We got pieces here. We do. But you got to look at this Vikings team. They got a quality roster on both sides of the field here. I think they win this ball game. And honestly, honest, if you guys remember our, our record, uh, if you guys remember our record prediction from the beginning of the season, we said this team may win between seven and eight games, right? And that's kind of what I'm still seeing. You know what I mean? We know what the season is all about. Honestly, Ado, we need to see more production on this offense. We need to see Justin taking that next step. Those are the things I'm going to be looking for for this season. For me personally, I'm really watching Justin Fields and that development. That's the biggest key for me. Yeah, that's a big key right there for us is development. And I think that's what we're riding on. Everyone is riding on that to see how Justin Fields continue to make progress. But I'll tell you, man, we're not doing them any favors at times. We look at our old line that you already talked about. So I'm not going to get into that piece of it. But, yeah, I want to see Justin continue to grow. I want to see him set up for success. And I think that's where you got to really balance that out because you don't want to see this guy get hurt trying to develop himself or get developed. True that. Well, listen, Bears, Minnesota, Sunday. I can't wait to see it, bro. I really can't. I mean, listen, I'm hoping that maybe the Bears pull off an upset. You never know what may happen. If, hey, if they follow these keys that we mapped out in this ballgame, they may have a chance because I think <laughs> that's the best way to beat this Vikings team. But if we don't, it's going to be a long afternoon. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Audience, we're going to holler at y'all when we do our recap episode on Monday. Until then, we got Winter Circle dropping later today. For now, we are out. Bear the fuck down. Let's go.